Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everyone. Uh, really nice to be with you. Thank you for the encouragement and uh, prayers, Adele. Uh, did you get the memo about the warm clothes? I didn't get it, but Katie lent me a hat. So um, I don't know if this is going to work, so we'll just go for this. Is that going to work for you guys? Um, no, I'll not wear that throughout, don't worry. Um, it's really good to be with you and a joy to come and share with you on, as mentioned, I'm going to put that there for the pianist, uh, as mentioned, something that is absolutely just burning in my heart this morning to share. So I want to start with a question. In fact, I want to start with something else, something completely different. Um, this is about freedom this morning. So this wasn't planned, but I'd like us to shout the word freedom. Are you up for that? Now, some of you might think, no danger, I'm not doing that. Well, there we go, we've got one going. What we'll try and do is do it together, though. So, after three, if you're up for it, because shouting the praise of God, and it's not just freedom, it's not Braveheart, it's God's freedom we're shouting about, um, breaks the heavy yoke. So, let us shout before the Lord, freedom. One, two, three. A little bit louder. If, if, if anyone is sensitive, I'm sorry, uh, uh, please cover your ears. Um, one, two, three. Freedom. God's freedom. What is, your, what is the biggest responsibility that you have ever been given? That's a question that I have for you this morning. I'm going to turn this slightly around. What is the biggest responsibility that you have ever been given? Perhaps it was the keys to our new flat or a new house. Perhaps you've been asked to be somebody's best man or a bridesmaid. Maybe you've officiated at a wedding. Perhaps for some of you, it was getting married or being a parent. For some, it might have been a new job or something you're taking on imminently or a new field of study. For some of you, it might be looking after someone in your care. Responsibility. What is the biggest responsibility that you have ever been given. We're going to look this morning together at a passage that is full of wonderful and incredible responsibility, containing promise after promise. Isaiah 61, the first couple of verses declare, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And here we see in Isaiah 61, one of the major prophets of the Old Testament, prophesying the Messiah, prophesying the one who is anointed by the Holy Spirit, the Christ prophesying the one who is set apart even before the foundation of the earth, prophesying the very anointed of God. And the Holy Spirit is upon this person. The Holy Spirit is upon this sovereign servant. The same Holy Spirit that moved across the waters in creation. The same Holy Spirit that birthed all that is, all that has been created is upon this sovereign servant. We read of one who comes to bring that freedom, who comes to open the eyes of the blind, to bring healing to the brokenhearted, 
to bring and preach good news to the poor, one who comes to redeem, to restore, to heal, to renew, to rebuild, to proclaim freedom and a season of favor. We had John earlier reading out a passage that I was going to share from Isaiah chapter 9, but he so wonderfully read it, young John. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Read from that incredible prophecy earlier in Isaiah. And it's said of this son that he will be called the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And this is referring, as we now know, to Jesus coming as an infant. None other than the Lord God Almighty himself coming as a child. God becoming a man. God became a man. So we come to our expanded reading this morning when Jesus of Nazareth comes forward as a young man to a synagogue. So I'd invite you to look up uh, Luke chapter 4, verses 14 to 20. Luke chapter 4, verses 14 to 20. Jesus is a young man. He's grown and uh, he steps forward into a synagogue in Nazareth to read from the Septuagint version of Isaiah 61. Let's read this together. I don't know if it's on the screens or not, but you have it in your, in your, in your own screens or in the Bibles. Luke 4, 14 to 20. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus stood up at the beginning of his ministry on earth in a synagogue in Nazareth and read from this passage in Isaiah 61 and declared to his listeners, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus was the one. Jesus was the anointed one. Jesus was the one of whom Isaiah spoke. The spirit of the sovereign Lord was upon him. 
to fulfill all these incredible things. And we're going to be looking at Isaiah, not just today, Isaiah 61, but over the next three Sundays. God incarnate had become a man. Jesus began his ministry with these very truths. Consider, as we are entering into the, the season of celebrating Christmas, consider the miracle, the miracle of God becoming an infant, God becoming a man, and entering into our world. In John chapter 1, verse 14, one of my favorite verses, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we have beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus fulfills the prophecies of Isaiah and the prophecies of all the Old Testament, first in himself, in his life, in his ministry, in his death, and in his resurrection. And so we know through the lens of the good news, the lens of the gospels that we have, which Isaiah's listeners didn't have, we know that this is Jesus that fulfills this. And Jesus comes as the Son of God, the Son of Man, the promised Messiah of God, the King who left his glory to die in your place and to die in my place. We know through the full revelation of the Scriptures that he is God's only begotten Son, the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father except through him, the very heart of the Father. Just incredible mystery that God, who formed all things and created all things in the beginning, entered into his very creation, entered into our world as an infant, as a baby. The, he created us in his own image in the very beginning, and yet he came again to redeem us, becoming like us, becoming one of us as an infant. God stepped down, the servant king. And that moment changed everything. That moment changed everything in history when Jesus came. And as we celebrate and think of the incarnation this Christmas, amongst everything else that we do and all the celebrations and all the fun and all the eating and all the different things that go on, take time, let's each of us take time to just savor that mystery, that incredible gift that is the coming of God in Jesus Christ. So we know this is about Jesus. We know this is about our, our Savior and our God. And yet, this passage is also about us. Isaiah 61 was fulfilled in Jesus' coming. But it's also about his kingdom coming. The king has come. The king came in the form of, the infant, in the, in the form of an infant. But he brought with him a kingdom. Are you not his hands and his feet and his voice? Do you know what this king said after he had fulfilled his ministry, been nailed on the cross, died, was buried, physically and wholly resurrected forevermore? This king said in John chapter 20 to his disciples, As the Father sent me, so I 
am sending you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. And in the same part of John 20, when he met with his disciples, he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit who was moving over the waters. The same Holy Spirit who, as a, in the form of a, or the likeness of a dove, came upon Jesus after he was baptized. The same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit of God is upon you. It's upon each of you. He has set his seal upon you. If you have trusted and believed on Jesus and received him, then he has deposited his Holy Spirit into you. To the point that the, the Bible talks about us being one spirit with him. God has anointed you with the very same Holy Spirit, the third person of, his, of the Godhead. And more than that, it's for the very same purposes, the very same purposes that he anointed Jesus for. So as his followers, we get to join in this declaration of justice for the poor, this declaration of freedom, of healing for the brokenhearted, of binding up the brokenhearted, of setting the captives and the prisoners free. And this morning, as we consider the work of International Justice Mission, Bethany Christian Trust, and as we raise funds for shared hope, how can we be people who embrace God's heart for justice and for a just Christmas? See, our God is a God of justice, deeply moved by pain and suffering, working and moving on behalf of those in need. So I'm going to weave in three stories this morning. And the first of them is how generosity can bring freedom, how giving can bring freedom. Over many years in Bethany, we've had a heart to develop a women's center dedicated supporting women who have a range of challenging, complex, and deep pain to equip women for the future, a place of healing and a place of transformation. There's a verse in the Old Testament that declares, Oh, that my head were waters, and my eyes were a river of tears for the plight of the women in this city. The injustice of the lack of resources and the lack of support, the injustice of abuse, the injustice of cruelty against women, resulting in homelessness, in addictions, in acute mental health challenges, and vulnerability to ongoing captivity. People who came to hear of this desire and who were in a position to do so, motivated by the cause of our work and the injustice that they saw, and knew the vital impact this would make, they came forward independently and donated the capital required for Bethany to pioneer this work and purchase a beautiful premises in the north side of the city, called, now called Anne Hope House, which started early last year and is now supporting women in the most difficult of circumstances, people, women who have been through things, unmentionable things, who have suffered too much and yet who have hope now, many for the first time in their lives. And some of our church family 
our, our staff and volunteers at this project, seeking to bring that freedom that we shouted about for the captives. So where can we be generous in a way that brings freedom? Desperately more people are trapped in slavery now, it is estimated, than at any other time in history. Hope for justice estimate there are 40 million people trapped in modern-day slavery. They state that it is hidden, yet it is in plain sight. Charities working in this field desperately need support, need our financial support, and your generosity can literally save lives because it extends God's righteousness through the field workers on the ground in these ministries resourcing them, increasing the resources that they have and equipping them to do more. So again, we remind our hearts, Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. The purpose is to preach the gospel, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom, to open eyes that are blind, to proclaim liberty for the captives and to comfort all who mourn to proclaim this is the year of the Lord's favor. This is the season of grace, the season of mercy, the season of forgiveness, and the day of vengeance against God's enemies, a day of victory in the cross. And each of you, each one of you, born again of this living hope, is called to these same purposes, is equipped and anointed by the Holy Spirit of God to fulfill what he has put upon your heart. As we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate the coming of the King and we celebrate the coming of the King's kingdom, which is the kingdom of our God, a kingdom of righteousness and joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. We pray your kingdom come. We look forward to the eternal but we cry out, don't we, for God's kingdom on earth. Jesus taught us to pray that, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We look for the not yet, but we also eagerly anticipate and long for his purposes and the unfolding of his will here now. In my role and work at Bethany, that's my prayer. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done, let your kingdom of righteousness and of joy and of peace in the Holy Spirit come. Be extended in the teams, in lives, in families, in communities. Come, Lord Jesus. And I know that's your cry, your heart cry in your, in your life, in your work, in your families, in your communities. Come, Lord, your kingdom come. God is faithful. He hears that prayer. It's the prayer of his will. He hears the prayers of his people when we pray according to his will. Are you angry by some of the injustices that you see around you? There's a place for indignation. Of course there is, but only if it is godly. The Bible does say in James chapter 1 that human anger does not work out the righteousness of God. If you want to see change, and we do, gospel action and gospel sharing bring freedom. So a second story. It was a dark winter night. It was cold. It was cold. Uh, and 
there was a there was a gentleman called David on the streets of Edinburgh, and it was a harsh, harsh winter. This was about three years ago. He arrived at the care shelter, which Bethany uh, is now called the Welcome Centre, an overnight facility for people to receive support and, and emergency shelter. He arrived at the care shelter. The last bed had been taken. There was no beds available for him. And Jim, who was in the care shelter already and who had a bed, he overheard the situation. He realized that David wasn't going to get a bed. There was simply not enough room. There were 75 people there already. And Jim got up and he left. He left the shelter to free up his bed for David. And Jim commented to the team as he left, if Jesus Christ can give up his life for me, or gave up his life for me, then surely, surely I can give up my bed for another man. Now earlier in the season, somebody had given up their bed for Jim. And the team, they were just struck with the beauty of this sacrifice. This man, he'd given up his last safety net for someone he did not know. He did not know David. The team were praying. It was cold. It was bitter. They were trying to find a way that David, that Jim also could have space. Thankfully, they managed to get somebody support in a hostel and a bed became available. One of the staff ran along after Jim to share with him, come back, come back. There's a, there's a space available for you as well remarking and encouraging with him that he himself had been so caring and so kind in giving up of his space. Jim was moved with compassion to help his fellow man. And are you moved with that same compassion to not turn away from our own flesh and blood? Gospel living was demonstrated through his actions. Gospel living challenges injustice. Sacrificial gospel living brings freedom. Can I just take the opportunity as well this morning to thank you personally and together as Central Church for all the ways in which you support Bethany Christian Trust, whether it's in volunteering, in praying, in giving. Some of you uh, work as staff as well in Bethany and uh, we could not do what we do without partnership with you. We, it, it could not be done without the resources and the volunteering and the people. And the, earlier this year, Central Church gave Bethany Christian Trust £12,000, which was some of the resource that was raised through just Christmas last year, going towards the Biobed campa uh, campaign, which supports the Welcome Centre, which I've just mentioned. So just to say within this um, sharing of God's Word, just that we really, really appreciate that if I don't get a chance to share that in any other context. So back to this enduring truth that you may pick up as a theme. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Coming back to our first question, what is the greatest responsibility that you have ever been given? This Surely, this commission that Jesus read for himself 
and speaks to us today. The commission of Matthew 28, the commission of Isaiah 61, the commission of Isaiah 58 to not just, not just fast for the sake of it, but to reach out and care and love for other people. This is our greatest responsibility. I believe the commissioning that God has put upon your life becomes your greatest responsibility. The gospel, the good news of Jesus' birth, the good news of Advent, the good news of Jesus' life, his death and sacrifice for our sins, his resurrection, his fullness, his return, the good news that we carry in earthen vessels, this treasure that we have. When is the gospel powerful? When is the gospel powerful? When it's shared. When it's sown. When it's listened to, heard and believed. That's when it's powerful. It changes lives, changes families, changes communities. And that gospel is in you. Now we can stumble and we can fall at this point because we think, how can God use me? How can God speak through me or minister through me or act through me. You're in such good company if you think that. And I think that. Because pretty much every character in the Bible thought the same. God, God's calling on your life and the purposes that he has for you and Jesus, they are not dependent on your strength. They do not depend on your strength. They depend on your weakness because God's power is made perfect in weakness. A final story and then we'll, we'll come on to close into worship. This is about God-centered prayer and surrender. God-centered prayer and surrender brings freedom. There was a young man I know called Scott and he was struggling with growing up as a teenager he got into difficulties, he got into challenges, he got into um, what could be called a bad crowd, although he was responsible for his own actions. He ended up losing his way. He was lost in addictions. He left the family home. He ended up making some big, big mistakes and damaged his mind through a cocktail of substance abuse. He ended up with no money, he had no work, no motivation, he had big regrets and a deep, deep depression took hold of him and a vice-like paranoia linked to the substance abuse locked his mind. He needed a miracle, he needed restored and, and rescued. But you know there was somebody praying for him, there was somebody praying for him Praying, praying, praying. His mother was praying. Night after night, day after day, week after week, month after month, and year after year, his mother was praying for him. Eventually, she exclaimed, Lord, I give up what happens to him as long as he's yours. I give up what happens to him as long as he's yours. God-centered 
prayer with surrender. And God answered that prayer. The young man found forgiveness. He found healing and he found hope. His life was turned around. His life was transformed. His heart was healed. His heart was lifted and his mind was restored. Fear was banished. And why? Because one woman was compelled by the love of Christ to pray without ceasing and with surrender. My middle name is Scott, and so when I say I know that young man, I know him very well. Perhaps you're compelled by love around the concerns and the injustices that you see. Prayer power is unlimited. Unlimited. Jesus described prayer, the prayer of faith, as being able to move mountains. So as we bring our time in these amazing passages of Scripture to a close, let's consider where are we sent and what do we do? God has planted you where you are for a purpose. Some of you may be called to travel, to go overseas. Some of you may be called to stay right where you are. Follow Jesus. He will guide you. What do we do? In simple terms, just don't hide your light. Don't put it under a bowl. The life of God is within you. The life of God, the same Holy Spirit is upon you. Be yourself in him, unhidden and unashamed. So abundantly. Godly generosity brings freedom. Gospel living and sharing brings freedom. And God-centered prayer with surrender brings freedom. Does the world need Jesus? Does the world need Jesus? And do you know him? Tell the world. In action and in deed. In action and in word. Show the world Jesus Christ and tell the world about Jesus Christ. So I'm going to invite Zach and the band, as is done in these days, invite Zach and the band to come and lead us in worship. And uh, thank you for listening and um, hearing the word of the Lord this morning. The prayer team um, will be available over on your right. And there's a word of scripture I want to share that some of you may seek the Lord for in prayer. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Or the translation is, in reality, you will be free. Some of you might as I've been sharing this morning, just not connect with the, the sense that, well, I don't feel free myself. And uh, this is for you. This is for you. Come and receive, whether it's in your own sitting in worship or standing in worship, or whether it's to come and, and receive prayer from somebody. Come and seek the Lord to come into that, that freedom that he has for you as a gift, to know his comfort and his strength. And the second thought is simply in our worship, as we stand to worship and as we seek the Lord together, hear the words of Jesus. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And maybe as we're worshiping, we can just commit our hearts afresh and our lives afresh. As, as, Isaiah, as Isaiah said, here am I, Lord, send me.